Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. I'm your co-host and president of the Big Puddin' Fan Club, Sarah G., and I'm your other co-host and Rocky Lombardi's hairstylist, Sarah N. And as you can tell, we are not Austin and John, but we would like to thank them for allowing us to take over the pod. And hopefully we won't run it into the ground, but no guarantees. You can follow us on Twitter at Sgender and at Sarah Norris. And don't forget to follow at The Only Colors. If you have problems with this podcast, you can direct them to at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And please stay out of our mentions. You might be wondering why we're here. And the truth is we really do have Twitter to thank. So thank you to everyone who supported the idea of our guest hosting, including an unnamed fan and also MSU Twitter at large. And guys, I have some really great news. As it turns out, our transition into a soccer school is complete as our boys, the MSU Soccer Spartans, have made it to the College Cup. The only Final Four that matters. It's true. And (laughs) I did a lot of soccer research heading into this recording here, and I learned a lot about our boys. And I think we're setting ourselves up for a hashtag revenge tour. Revenge tour. So the (laughs) Soccer Spartans lost to the Akron Zips, their College Cup opponents, earlier this year uh, in October. So this is a rematch an opportunity for revenge. They also lost to Indiana on PKs in the Elite Eight last year, which was very dramatic. So, you know, they're they're setting themselves up for a good opportunity to to get some payback. And, and a really was... nice thing is even though the other football was shut out of the college football playoffs, as it turns out, the Big Ten is actually a soccer conference. Who knew? Three of the four teams, as Snorris just mentioned, Indiana, Maryland, and Michigan State, all hail from the Big Ten, and they will all be representing our great conference out here in the... the West football conference. That's correct. Right. Uh, So if if Michigan State uh, defeats the Akron Zips, they will Mm -hmm. face either Maryland or Indiana. So there will be a Big Ten team in the final. It is inevitable. And uh, that's great. So it's great. Some thoughts on the Zips. Okay, let's hear it. (laughs) I have I have notes on the Zips. First of all, (laughs) the Zips my my befuddlement at the zips is long documented because they have True. the most confusing combination of mascot and name maybe in all of college sports their their name is the zips which you would think lightning rabbit something something fast no their mascot is a kangaroo which makes absolutely no sense uh, they i guess well, you know kangaroos are native <laughs> known, to ohio <laughs> native to ohio and known for their speed 
Correct. So I guess they don't want to be confused with the Kent State Golden Flashes, who no. have a lightning bolt eagle as their mascot. Um, Well-known combination. So, you know, just a little Mac uh, mascot content the, for you. There. The other thing about Michigan State's trip to the College Cup here is it's its first since 1968. So the boys have been working towards this for a long time. And actually, did you know we were back-to-back national champs in 67 and 68? You know, so football our and history, food. Yes, our history <laughs> as a soccer school is well known across sure. the nation. I'm going to go ahead and say it. So for anyone who tuned in for our, our run here to the College Cup, uh, we did upset Louisville and Georgetown, which actually sounds like another Final Four run we may have had once in our lives. Um, and that game on Saturday was actually spectacular because it was everything you wanted from soccer being played in Michigan in late November. There was snow-ish. Um, the event management team had to shovel the field to make sure it was playable. There were snowballs being thrown from the yes. Red Sea Rowdies. Ejections oh, were had. Yes, the fans got ejected, my friends. Which, shout good. out to the Red Cedar Rowdies. Like, that is some true soccer fandom, getting ejected for throwing snowballs. There was a smoke cannon. Like... There was. I mean, and before we get to the actual play, um, I got I got to hand out the MVP to the BTN to go camera guy who was really giving his best efforts to try and clear the camera. And, sir, you failed, but you never gave up. And, like, that's what I want. That is what and- I want. And during MS2's first goal, I I legitimately could not tell that they had scored. I mean, at that point of the broadcast, it was so blurry. And so there may have been a wipe somewhere, like, at a key moment. I did hear somebody ask our cameraman, do you need a fresh glove? So it appears he was <laughs> wiping it with his very own glove, wow. which, you know, sacrificing your health for the betterment of those of us streaming at home. It did not go unnoticed, sir, and I hope you're having a great week. And the other thing about that is you know that that's not, like, some big wig over at BTN. The BTN to go cameraman for the Elite Eight for men's soccer is some, like, kid who just graduated from college, if not an intern. I'm pretty sure it was a student. It was a student broadcast. I think if I read that right. So you're probably correct in that. That person was Um, probably making little to no money. So (laughs) absolutely. Um, So I think the other MVP might go to our guy who scored both goals. I probably will butcher his name, but I'm going to give it my all. I believe it's Sirikowski who scored both. Um, Times were bleak when they were down 1-0. I doubted a little bit. Sarah and I were texting, and I was like, it does not look good for the soccer Spartans. I had given up, and I was proven wrong. You were proven wrong. I think it was both goals came in the last 18 minutes, if I am recalling this correctly. And so, you know, James Madison had only given up eight goals all year. First of all, how dare you? First of all. <laughs> Second of all, sorry about our two goals. Yes. I, mean, I know. So it's pretty exciting. Um, They'll continue their quest for a national title. Um, They play on the 7th. What is that? Friday? That's Friday, I think. Friday or Friday or one of those days. days, The 7th at 5 p.m. And that will be on ESPNU. So hopefully the camera is clear. And I don't think we have to worry about snow as that's being played in California. But everybody should try to tune in if they can. See our boys. Bring it home for the kids. And also... 
homework. If you did not see the game-winning goal against James Madison, go find it on the Twitter or the YouTube. It is a bonkers goal, as good of a soccer goal as you will see. And in the snow. It It was was a really good game. A heel kick. I mean, really, it reminds me of my ASO soccer days, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now... Oh, Oh, whoa. What was that? It looks like we have a guest appearance by Teddy Valentine. Just kidding, guys. I really wanted to use that sound effect. And we're going to take a few minutes here and just chat to you about what went down in that Louisville game. And And honestly, I would like a word with TV Ted because the officiating in that game was atrocious. We are literally going to set a five-minute timer and complain about the officiating, and then when this timer is over, we will stop. So, ready, go. We thought we, thought we were done with TV Teddy because he was no longer going to be calling Big Ten games, but oh, kids, we were wrong. We were wrong. And he made his presence known. And really, honestly, I am not the one who will look at the end of the game and say, oh my gosh, the officiating, or, you know, we got we got screwed, whatever it is. That's not generally the route I go, but in this case, it was unbearable. It truly, it changed the entire game. Obviously we saw our man cash go, go out of the game. You know, I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't great. It was, and and it's, I I agree that, you know, there are a lot of things that went poorly in that game. Uh, We'll touch on some of those in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. But the officiating made it almost impossible to watch. Nobody wants to watch basketball that is just a series of free throws being exchanged. It's not a pleasant time. It's not enjoyable. It, It really is terrible. And I will say the one play that I thought was just awful was when MSU had a breakaway. Remember when Cash had that breakaway and yeah. uh, he was fouled going to the basket and they stopped yes. play so they could review yes. it for a flagrant foul. Oh. And like, I want those two points back. Like, I want my points back, Teddy. Yeah. I would, like, just, you know, there's no clear path foul, I guess, in college basketball like there is in the NBA. There's the concept of the flagrant, but not the clear path foul. <sighs> it was just, it was really bad. Uh, the okay. one thing, go ahead. I think you know, it goes hand in hand with the unbearable amount of reviews and replays we've been seeing. And I understand that you're wanting to get things right and all of that. But again, we don't need to review every single time we call a foul. And if you're stopping the game that much, perhaps I'm going to go out on a limb here. Perhaps you're calling too many fouls. Just one person's opinion. And and the other thing is, you know, some of those fouls, there was a guy, oh God, I'm sorry, Twitter and fans of the pod. I do not remember this man's name. He <laughs> was one of the guards for Louisville and there was a foul that was called on Cassius where Cassius maybe brushed him with his pinky and the man whipped his head back as though he had been, you know, slapped across the face. And that guy was, I mean, was flopping and exaggerating the fouls, which I get is part of the game of basketball. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, that's, that's part of the reason you have to review everything as a flagrant is that guys are out there acting a fool, you know, trying to draw, trying to draw whistles. And it really makes the game very unwatchable. Uh, but, you know, one thing about Cassius, and I did notice this against Rutger, is that he has to be careful when he's in the lane. He does this kind of, he pushes back on the defender with his forearm. And it's not a full hand check, and it's not a full sort of arm extension. And in the NBA, I'm sure that 
they would never call it. But in college ball, it's a point of emphasis. And if you get somebody who's whistle happy, like Ted Valentine, or in the tournament, where they're like, oh, are you a two seed playing a much lower seeded team? We are just going to call all of the fouls on you because somehow that's fair. You know, it can be detrimental. And that's a lot of what happened to Cash was those kind of ticky tacky hand check nonsense fouls and he fouled out and it really hurt the team so yeah and I mean the other thing and and this then we I think we can move on into the game um is I don't think you should make a kid shoot a free throw when his eye is swelling oh, I mean that is, just, that is just one one way that I think we could adjust what we're doing here if his eye and you know who we're talking about Kendrick Argoins. If his eye is swelling shut, which it very clearly was, how in the world are you making him take that free throw? And from the exchanges I read after the game, they basically told him, you have to shoot. And so how, how can that be accept- acceptable? He has one eye. And in that play, he was fouled about four times before yes. they finally blew the whistle. So, you know, ridiculous. Okay, yeah. we only spent four minutes on complaining about the officiating, so I personally <laughs> would like to be applauded for that. Okay, so some other stuff about Louisville. Other thoughts about the game? Yeah, definitely. So, as you all remember, it feels like it was 17 years ago, but we're here and we're going to cover it a bit. So, um, we lost in overtime 82-78. to 78. It We'll come back to haunt us as one of the worst losses of the year. It was another one of those games where we felt like we needed to turn the ball over a lot. Um, It was like they were just slow and tired. They didn't bring the energy that we had seen in their comeback victory over Texas. Um, And it was clear that Louisville was ready. They were excited to play against us. They brought the, you know, the home court advantage. And you may have heard they have never lost at home in November. So they continued that trend against us here. Um, We ended the game with, I don't know, how many, how many turnovers did we have there? 17. 17. 17. Ah, that's, that's less than the 20, 24 in the Texas game, which is what I wrote down. So I guess I just wanted to talk about that some more. <laughs> and I think the most frustrating thing about the end of that game is that we had about four chances to win that game, including the bleeding eye free throw, the missed Foster lawyer shot, the Langford turnover. Uh, just, we just you know, threw away a a huge number of really good chances, which, you know, Cassius is there sitting on the bench and it's really indicative that we need him in crunch time and he needs to not foul out, you know, like even if he's not scoring, which uh, we'll talk more about Iowa later, he didn't score a ton against Iowa, but you know, we need him on the floor to not make mistakes. And our favorite foster bananas lawyer um, is not up to the task yet. And yeah, I would rather I think, chew glass than see Josh Langford dribble down the court ever again. I mean, yeah, he and I, cannot dribble the ball. I think what became extra evident here is we need Matt McQuaid. Uh, we need somebody who can back up Cash and give Cash some minutes out. Um, he was out with a thigh bruise and did not travel um, because they were worried about blood clots. And like, hey, the prayer circle for Matt McQuaid meets Fridays at two. So if anybody's interested. <laughs> um, and I think when we all initially saw that at the beginning, it was who would 
step up and listen. I will. I'm not going to trash Foster Lawyer here to toss him into a game like that where he hasn't had the minutes in college. We all know he was a great high school player, and I think eventually he turns into somebody that you can rely on. But when he passed up that wide open three, because you, and you could see it on his face, the guy was terrified. And like, who, who amongst us would not have reacted the same way? And he just passed out of that shot because he wasn't ready and he didn't want to make a mistake. And you could tell like that was exactly where, where his mind was. But I think in the long term, that, that, that play time during that game will benefit him. But just right now, it's not, he's not where we need him to be. And that's why you need somebody like Matt McQuaid who, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And honestly, he can give cash some time to, to sit and our boy cash he, I think he needs a rest a little bit, but we'll we'll get into that a little bit more as well. Um, yeah. I think a bright spot though is our is our new guy, but not new. Kyle Air Arns. Yes. <laughs> Kyle minutes. Yeah, I I tend to forget about him because he was hurt, um, which is not fair to him. But I think none of us really knew what he would actually be it's it's sort of like oh yeah he's on the team you know uh, and and not not to you know he's been hurt and we just haven't we haven't seen him at all and I think he put in some good minutes at Louisville um after Louisville we played Rutger that game happened um uh, it was fine are you sure I mean (laughs) (laughs) it was at 6 p.m on a Friday in November so who can really say (laughs) why and where? Like, what What did anybody benefit out of that besides the Rutgers home fans who really showed up there? And, and at the beginning, you know, they've played us. They've played us tough. Uh, who could forget the overtime game last year? Um, Who's among us? <laughs> try as we might. We cannot forget that game. But um, they've played us tough. But eventually we settled down and uh, came away with, with a win there. So it's always nice to kickstart um, your Big Ten seeding. season with a victory Um, and we ended up winning 78 to 67 and we remain the only big 10 school that has never lost to Rutger in basketball or football so which is mind-boggling to me it's it's true um I would like a trophy I want something I want a Rutger like rivalry trophy the you don't really belong in the big 10 trophy I have objections to Rutger, and I also have objections to Gritty being at that game because Rutgers is in New Jersey, and Gritty is the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers. Well, I was not going to go there, but I'm going to go there because I need just one minute to say, Gritty, you disrespected my boy, Connor George. And if you think I am just going to allow that, you are wrong, sir. Mm Mm-mm. I know that everybody is on the Gritty bandwagon. No, I am not here for Gritty. Gritty is on the list. So, but after Rutger, we have some good news. Again, more Great good news, There's everyone. so much good news. Basketball is good again. Folks, I am here <laughs> to tell you, basketball is good again. Our Spartans, the basketball Spartans, not to be confused with our boys, the soccer boys, uh, they came home last night. And boy, did they ever. They beat the Fighting Fran Hawkeyes of Iowa 90 to 68. And my friends, that is not how I saw that game going. No. And can we pause to talk about Fran McCaffrey, who is insufferable on his own? But now his son is on the team, which I don't know anything about the kid. But just the fact that he's there makes me hate him. So, Well, his name is 
Connor, and I wouldn't let him do that to my Connor, so I will refer to him the rest of the season as Son of Fran. <laughs> Son of Fran. And that yes. is a top, that was a top 15 matchup last night uh, yeah. on, on Monday, and, you know, we really, the, the boys played great. I also think there's some crazy stat, Iowa has only won once in East Lansing, something in some crazy amount of time, like 10 or 15 years, so they do not perform well at the Brez. No, they don't. And I just, I also want to shout out the Izone. Well, for two reasons. Um, Number one, the script Izone shirts are magnificent. And when I go home to Michigan for Christmas, I will be finding one and I'm going to wear it. Um, The other thing I loved was when Fran was doing one of his patented freakouts, they mocked him with a fury of a thousand suns. And honestly, it was vintage Izone. It was really good. It was really funny. They didn't let up. and, And I think that that's what gives us such an advantage is when they're dialed in and they're giving it their best. And, and you could really tell that the the boys are happy to be home and, and playing off of energy like that. Yeah. I definitely think that um, the, the is there was a couple of years where things were not great with the is you know, there was a lot of like, people on there you know what I mean there was a few years a few years ago where I was like the Izone is terrible but the past couple of years they've really gotten it together and so shout out to the Izone for being great although nobody has learned when to throw the paper yet so that's okay baby steps also get off my lawn um (laughs) I think it's important though one thing we left out of the Rutger notes is we decided that we should stop turning it over we only had seven turnovers versus Rutgers and then we we brought that home with us which is wonderful to see and we only had eight turnovers versus Iowa. And not only did we only have eight turnovers versus Iowa, but we had some insane number of assists to uh, baskets made ratio. Please hold while I dial up this stat. We made 31 field goals and we had 28 28 assists. That's wild. That is absolutely wild. It's got to be one of our, our best and performances. while we're on the subject of assists, yes. your own Cash Winston is now number nine on the all-time MSU career assist list in front of Irvin Magic Johnson, bumping Keith Appling off the list. He has 492 career assists. And I did a little math on this earlier. Um, if he if he holds this pace for the rest of the season, he is set to be number four on the all-time assist list, mm-hmm. uh, beating out Kalen Lucas, uh, Mateen Cleaves. Or no, sorry, not Mateen Cleaves. <laughs> Kalen Lucas, Drew Neitzel, and being behind yeah. Mateen Cleaves, Eric Snow, and Denzel Valentine. And that's in three seasons. So yeah. I mean, it's been said a lot about this team, is, and this team will go as Cash and to maybe a, a little bit lesser degree, uh, Langford will go. And when you see, like we said earlier, Cash didn't score much in this game. And what was nice is we didn't need him to. Um, everybody else was was mm. doing their part. And I think that obviously you're going to want Cassius Winston shooting the ball, but I think it's nice for him when he doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to. When he can be your true floor general and take control and run the plays and make sure the guys are doing what they're supposed to do. I think that's when you're ultimately going to see him at his best. And the one thing I will say about him that I know you don't agree with, but embrace debate, right? Um, I think the only thing I'm concerned about is with McQuaid out again. Um, Our boy is playing a lot of minutes. He played 30 
um, last night and he's played 30, I think, the last four games at least. Um, so I'm a little bit, I'm just a little bit worried about him. He see, he seems to be fine. I read a couple articles and he said that this is what he's been training for. And like, listen, he knows that better than I do, but I just worry about those long stretches and all of these games back to back. And I, I just, I just worry about him getting a bit tired. I think that's fair. I, I think he also averaged about 28 minutes a game last year. So it, it is kind of par for the course for him. Although ideally you do want him to get some blow and, and, I think what's most important is what we saw in Louisville, right? Which is that in the case that he has to be off the floor for whatever reason, things that we're not going to say here because we don't want to jinx them. You want somebody to be able to back him up reliably. Uh, You you can't, we cannot fall apart if cash cannot be on the court for a game or two, or even, you know, a few minutes at a time. So uh, I think that's a reasonable, um, a reasonable fear. I will say 12 assists and one turnover turnover for our boy Cash versus Iowa. Just you know what? A dynamite game. That. I yes. will take that. Um, Speaking of great performances, I cannot believe we've made it this far without talking about your boy, who? the hungry, the hungry young man, the hungry pudding. <laughs> Here he is. Listen, I didn't want this to be the pudding cast, but if you want me to do it. Well, I will bring it. <laughs> he had a career high, a career yeah. high against Iowa. He had how many points? 24, 26, 26, 26 points, points and pitched a perfect game. 10 for 10 I, from the I field. Mean, truly, truly an iconic game from, from our boy Puddin. And I think the most exciting thing for me was I think we saw a roller coaster last year with our boy and clearly he was dealing with some things and he wasn't always the happiest member of the team. Um, he listened to coach and he said, you know, well, I mean, not necessarily listened, but he knew that he wanted to at least try the NBA and he heard the same thing and he heard it, but he heard it a little bit differently and he, and he decided to come back to school. And I think the the cool thing about that is I think it refocused him and obviously he's now slim pudding. Um, he's yes. gotten really, he's gotten really fit. Snack pack. <laughs> Snack pack. <laughs> yes. There you go. Um, and I think he just looks happy to be there and he brings, yeah. he, he's been bringing an energy and a firepower every game that we missed a lot last year. And I think obviously the team will go as cash goes, as I've said, probably seven times already on this podcast, but I think when he is getting fed like that, he helps make plays as well. And he's mm-hmm. getting open. And he's firing people up, and he's yep. just—he's—he he just provides a next level for the for this team, and and I think it's something we've been—we've really been missing as a big guy like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think that his level of engagement is night and day from where it was last year. And I also really think—I mean, the NBA thing—I also think that very first game against Kansas really put a exclamation point on where he needs to be development-wise because he got worked. Again, I don't know this guy's name, but by that big guy from Kansas. Did not do this bit of research. But <laughs> Kansas has a very big boy at center, and he really gave Nick a hard time. And I think that that was a big eye-opener for him. Um, obviously a little more comfortable against the recent competition. But I think that, you know, if he's engaged and he's there, he can play above his size. We saw that against um, UCLA. They've got that seven foot one center, Moses Brown, and he, he really – gave that guy the business all game. That guy didn't really do much of anything. Yeah. And it's, not I mean, there are other problems against UCLA, but it's not that this game wasn't physical. They were, they were on him. Um, Definitely. 
at the beginning of the game more than you know than later on we kind of we kind of took their big guys out of it but he he wasn't afraid to be a bit more physical now the nice thing about this game is they were allowed to play and I don't think it ever got especially chippy maybe a little bit um I think they had Kreiner on him for the most part um and he was annoying and um but the thing was Nick did he was get, annoying he was annoying but he didn't get frustrated no. I mean he played a bit more physical but it looked like he was playing smarter and he wasn't just throwing his elbows around and and all of that mm. so he, yeah he was he was perfect um he pitched a no hitter he was 10 for 10 he had nine rebounds and 26 points so I mean you, you really can't ask for that much more from him I don't think um, no. and also it showed the, it showed the other side of this team that it doesn't have to be all jump shots and Absolutely. an all jump shot shooting team makes me nervous, especially later on in the year um, when you go into tournament play, because if those aren't falling and you don't know what to do, you lose to Syracuse. I mean, or middle Tennessee state <laughs> or middle Tennessee state, you know, or others. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice to see the other side of this team. Um, and I think, you know, somebody that we really also have to shout out for this year has been Xavier Tillman yeah. um, who has played really well the, the past couple of games uh, last night, he had 14 points, eight rebounds and four blocks. So he brought the heat as well. And I think that when, when Putin plays well, he plays well too. They feed off. I each think other, that, you know? I think that that, I think that that's definitely a huge component of this. I like as the guards, feed off of each other as Langford and Cassius have that sort of synergy with McQuaid and, and the other guys, those, the three bigs, the three main bigs, Tillman, uh, Ward and Kendrick Argoins. Um, you know, I think that them as a, they as a unit have gotten so good. I mean, Kendrick R, the R stands for rebounds and it also stands and? for Rex Sex. Yes, Rex Sex. correct. <laughs> he was three assists short of a triple double. Triple double watch. Can we can we talk triple about double our watch. boy Kendrick on Kendrick. triple double watch? Chairman of the boards, but he has but wait, just hang been... on, hang on. Before we move on from that today, I just want you to know that had he gotten that triple double, he would have joined Magic, a personal fave, Charlie Bell, Draymond, and Denzel Valentine. Up. Yes, there are only four <laughs> triple double getters in MSU history. Former walk on Kendrick Arnold. <laughs> so mean. I think. I think that the the fact that X has come up so much and is able and by the way, shout out to X's defense. Four yes. blocks in the game last night. He had a great scoring game, but he also is playing very good defense. So the fact that Nick doesn't have to be the only big guy and like the Lord bless and keep Jaron Jackson, he was fantastic for us last year, but he's also not a He's not a post guy, right? He's more of a stretch four. He likes to shoot a three. He likes to shoot a jump shot. Um, Nick was always tasked with sort of bodying up the big guys. And now we've got a couple of guys who can do that. And the fact that he doesn't have to do it all, that Kenny will get in there and grab all of the rebounds. Every every last rebound, Kenny will have it. I mean, how many rebounds yeah. did he have last 14? Uh, Kendrick had 14 rebounds 14 last minutes. night. Yeah, That's two offensive rebounds and 12 defensive rebounds, you know, which means my man was playing some defense last night. And seven assists. He was dishing it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I liked, I liked reading his interview after the game where he was like, I wanted to get back in there. Like, he knew that he oh, yeah. was only three assists oh, away, um, but... 
Um, like he does not do that for guys usually. I mean, but would it have killed him to put Kendrick out there with the walk-ons? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Foster Lawyer had a great feed to one of the guys. I can't remember which one, but you know, Foster actually showed some good, showed some goods in garbage time. But why couldn't it have been Kendrick? I think also while we're kind of talking about Foster Lawyer, there is that while we ended the game with um, eight turnovers. Yeah. Two of them at least came from from our walk on friends or the bench players. Right. So really, I'm gonna give us six because I can do what yeah. I want when we... I'm talking on the podcast. And so I'm gonna say we had six. We had several turnovers in garbage time. I think at least yeah. two, uh, if not three. So and and we did. Um, it wasn't all walk ons. We've got a transfer, uh, Braden. Braden Burke. He got his first. Braden Burke. Points. He got his first points. Hey. Good. Shout out. And we got some uh, Jack Hoiberg time. Another wear of the rec specs uh, in the game last night. Um, he On the day that his dad got fired. Sorry. I know. Ooh, sorry, <laughs> but buddy. It sounded he, like Izzo wanted to make sure to, to get him out there so he could, he could play a little well, bit. And, and it was nice. To, yeah. So I, I think it was good. And also, I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that my boy Connor did see the floor last night he played two two minutes and got a foul so um yeah that's good too (laughs) you know he was out there uh you know Bingham took a shot and missed it uh Hoiberg took a shot missed it who's that oh Aaron Henry Aaron Henry you know what his dunks are nice uh he played 20 minutes last night he had Five points and three fouls. So maybe not a banner game for the kid, but I think you're seeing a lot of what he can bring in the future. And I like him. I like him a lot. He plays He plays pretty well on defense. I mean, three fouls is not ideal, but he's an infant, so... yeah. Um, but he he's got he's got the goods, you know. He looks. He's talk about somebody like lawyer who you put him out there. And again, I do not want to. I don't want this to be like the drag foster lawyer podcast. But it's not what this is. I support him and his very shortness. But uh, he looks a little uh, lost at times, right? But I think yeah. Henry does not. I think Henry, you know, generally looks like he can move at the pace of the game he looks you know he makes mistakes because he's a freshman but I think that he shows a lot of athleticism he plays really good defense mm-hmm. you know I'm very positive about him yeah I think yeah. I think of all the guys coming in I don't know if he's the one I would have picked to like he played the most minutes of any freshman last night and I don't yeah. I don't think that that's if you would asked me beforehand if I would have picked him you know I probably would have gone with Gabe Brown or maybe even Bingham I mean I don't know Bingham not getting a lot of didn't get a lot of minutes last night, but no, um, some other games. So yeah, he's done, he's played some. So I think I think they're just trying. They're still in that phase where you know Izzo's yeah. going to tinker and he's going to figure out who works best with who. Um, obviously, there are some more problematic lineups when we put a bunch of the freshmen out there together. But it's nice to try. It's nice to yeah. see you know who could potentially work with each other in the future. I also think um, Henry will benefit from a um, off season with the strength training. And, yes. and all of the that. The Tom Izzo off-season <laughs> workout plan. Um, I think that he's really going to benefit from something like that. But I also see he's got he's got a high ceiling, and and I'm I'm excited to see what he brings what he brings in the future when everyone's able to to settle in yeah. a little bit there. So you know, what is next 
for our Michigan State basketball Spartans? Well, randomly, um, on Saturday, we traveled to Florida. And folks, they're not very good, which means we're going to get down by at least 15 points early. Call it here. We're going to pull a Texas 10 turnovers <laughs> in 10 minutes. This is not being negative. This is just telling you what's going to happen. No, I mean, I just don't know that there's much to worry about here. It's just you're on the road. So anything could happen. And by all accounts, the scouting report on Florida is that they are not good at scoring. So ideally, we will be able to score more points than them. That's just my expert opinion. Um, after <laughs> that, you've done your research. <laughs> I have totally done my research. After that, well, hang on, wait. They have some oh, good no. names. They oh, have some good names. Yes, love um, a name. We've got Kevon Allen, DeAndre Ballard, Dante Bassett, Andrew Fava, Fava Bean. Maybe Fava. I mean, maybe they have like a farm or something. That would be nice. Kavarius uh, Hayes. Is Ooh, a that's very, a, good a very good name. So, and they have Keith Stone. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You left off the best one. Gorjock Gak. Okay. Also good. Yeah. <laughs> correct. Gorjock Gak, six foot eleven, two hundred fifty four pound center. So we, we may not know much about Florida, but I can tell you they are bringing the heat in the all names department. And that's a personal favorite of mine. I know John Kirby loves it. Um, I think the people love it. So yes. I wanted to give the people what they wanted. It's the people's pod. I <laughs> am really excited to yell gack a bunch on, on Saturday now. Great. Um, I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch. So I need you to take notes and let me know how many times you actually yell it. I will um, do at least one just for you. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Also, coming up this week, guys, we're on Recruit Watch. And <sighs> we are. I am a person who doesn't follow it. Because, honestly, we don't get that many of the big guys. We get a few of them. But we get the my friend, guys, for the yeah, most part. I'm not saying we don't get good players. But, you know, the ones where we're, like, broadcasting it and the people are tuned in. And I'm not, I don't follow the recruits on Twitter. I just let me know when you arrive on campus and let's see what you can do for me. That's kind of how I take things. But we've got to talk about Vernon Carey. Um, he's going to announce on Thursday where he is headed. It is rumored to be between Duke and Michigan State. We've seen this one before. I have been burned by one Jabari Parker. <sighs> Sir. I just don't think I can do it again. What do you think? No. Yeah, and I think that so there's the carry is still out there, and carry would be a great get. He is big. He is you know okay. The ready. man is huge. He is the man large. Is huge. Yes. And so there are so he's deciding this week, and you know I hope he picks MSU, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm with you. There's also another guy still out there, um, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, yes. still in this class, still a potential MSU recruit. He has not made any announcements about when he's picking or, or what, but, you know, um, still somebody out there. I think it that we're... It seems like he is also between Duke and Michigan State. Yeah. Which, mm, I don't, I don't know. like... Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't love, I don't love that. And, you know, who, you know, we lost the josh jackson lottery to kansas but you know yeah. it's it feels like there there are a handful of schools not the, the other lot, but the when other when we go up against them i just don't feel great yeah i don't either and honestly like obviously we want them but i just i can't get invested until i know they're coming the other one that i think everybody's still a little worried about is uh rocket watts um who is committed to michigan state but 
he hasn't signed yet. So I think everybody's a little bit concerned. It seems that he's still coming our way, but we've seen this before. We've seen people change their minds. So um, hopefully he, he stays. Admitted. Shout out to Caleb Swainigan. Um, <laughs> where, you know, whatever the opposite of a shout out is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Unshout out, right? Unshout out <laughs> to, to Caleb Swainigan. Um, yeah. I, I think the difference, that, I mean, Rocket Watts is a, is a guard, is a combo guard. Um, yeah. I think Carrie and Stewart uh, are similar types of uh, stretch forward, power forward center guys. And so I, I think it's unlikely that we would land both of them, right? I feel like that's a one or the other situation because I can't imagine them both um, coming here. Oh, another thing that's interesting about the carry situation is apparently Jaron Jackson is pitching in with the assist on the recruitment there. So that's cool. And actually just looking briefly at, at the Twitter, the people wanted us to talk about um, a potential awesome four day stretch for our Spartans, Vernon yes. Carey potentially committing our boys, the soccer Spartans in the college cup, winning at Florida and a soccer national title. So it could be a big couple of days. Could be a weekend. I mean, early weekend into, uh, you know, into into Saturday, Sunday. I think I I don't feel good about any. uh, No, that's not. That's not true. I I don't feel great about the carry thing. Right. Uh, I think that the soccer. uh, I don't I don't I honestly don't know. I've watched (laughs) one soccer game. I don't know enough to predict it, but let's go with a positive outlook and say, we're going to win that and we'll win at Florida. Revenge for a bit better. Revenge a better. So I would say, I, you know, I'd be happy with the two and two out of that situation. Yeah. If yeah, the soccer definitely. wins, I want one of those. I want one of the two to be soccer, making it to the, the final, because I think that that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Elsewhere in college basketball, let's, let's take a little look um, at the big 10. One of our Twitter fans Asked what we thought about how we're going to fare in the Big Ten this year and and our opinions on how things are going to shake out. And honestly, I think the best thing for Michigan State is that the Big Ten is better this year. At least it appears so at this juncture on December 4th. Um, but the most alarming thing and thing that crushes my little soul is Michigan is very good. There is no way around it. They are very good. They brought back a lot of their guys. And if you've watched any of them recently, I was watching them play North Carolina. Oh, boy. Um, Folks. (laughs) Folks. Michigan is good at the basketball, and I hate them. So it it really – I hate – it It physically pains me to say this. But – and I think overall Wisconsin is good – you we know? talked about this a little bit too. Um, whenever you have a trice on your mm. team, get ready because th- they bring that that extra level of intensity. And it doesn't matter how you recruited them or what they were supposed to be or any of that. It doesn't matter. They're going to give you. They're all. I mean, back to Michigan just for a minute is yes. my thing with them is like the football team. I I dislike with mm. all, every fiber of my being, but. I like John Beeline, if I'm allowed to admit that. I hope I don't get... He seems okay. But he, he seems all right. He seems generally well-liked. So it, he, uh, it I hate him less than that. Jim Harbaugh, which is Correct. saying something. Is it, though? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think we just have to admit the fact that 
they're very good and they're going to be a tough out. The nice thing though, is we do play them twice this year, but we don't play them until February 24th. And then again on March 9th. So we close out the the season um, with, with Michigan coming to East Lansing. So we have to wait a long time to see how we match up. Yeah. Um, but I'm a little more positive about that long wait, just given, you know, some of the development I hope the team goes through. So that's good. I don't love having to play them twice in a very short period. And then, God forbid, if we had to play them in the Big Ten tournament, there's the potential for having to play them like three times in three weeks or something. No, I don't don't love it. And also we were discussing they beat us twice last year, yeah. including coming to the Brez and pretty much blowing MSU's doors off. Mo Wagner had like 27 points. Really just. It wasn't I, a good game. It was no, not. <laughs> I would like it if we could get some wins against Michigan this year. A win. A, a yeah. single win. Because otherwise they're going to do that thing that we did where they're like, it's been however many days since we beat them in football or basketball. You know, I don't want. Yeah. I, nobody wants that. So I hate that except for when Christmas, we do it. <laughs> right. My Christmas wish is that. <laughs> <laughs> we managed to beat Michigan in basketball at least once this year because and listen, Santa, Santa, don't disappoint Sarah. Please, please, please don't do it. Um, our it looks like our next scheduled currently ranked team is number nineteen Ohio State um, that will play on January fifth. Yes. Um, so, so you know we're gonna you know play Florida and then do a, a couple other of those nonsense games. Um, but we're going to play Oakland, which I'm, I'm excited about. They always seem to give us a tough game. Yes. So um, I'm actually going to go to that game. So I'm looking forward to seeing our boys in person. Um, but they, they always play us pretty tough. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what goes down and there. I might try to go to the Northern Illinois game, which is on the 29th or it's around Christmas in there. So, you know, it'd be nice to get some in-person time. And then we resume big play. Big Ten play on January 2nd versus Northwestern. So yep. the, the mighty Wildcats of, of Northwestern. Uh, I'm also mad at. <laughs> so. I mean, honestly, yes. Always. <laughs> so we had another, uh, we took some, we took some Twitter questions. This is another good one that's, that somebody brought up, which was um, if you could have any Izzo era, so yep. not Magic Johnson, player <laughs> and put them on this team, mm-hmm. who would it be? And I think this is a really interesting question. I'm going to go ahead and get the obvious one out of the way, which is to say Draymond Green. I don't think there is an Izzo team that is not better with Draymond on it. I think we should also clarify that this is only, you only get this person at their college. uh, Yes. Right. So like Jason Richardson is maybe like not a great pick. (laughs) (laughs) And of course my, my, my first team would be, be our friend Jaron Jackson Jr. But I know we only saw him play as a sophomore or as a freshman, and technically this doesn't count, but like I want what I imagine sophomore 3J to be. Well, and I think 3J is another like logical choice because like he could be on this team. There, you know, he could absolutely be on this team. He was just here yeah. last year, and you see him yeah. in the NBA tearing it up, quite frankly. He's absolutely killing it. And I think the thing about Jaron is, and we all know the game that we don't want to talk about, but it looms over us is that Syracuse game last year and not having him on the floor at the end. And 
it being so frustrating for all of us, especially I think when you see how well he's doing now. Now, also, he was dealing with that lanky body in college basketball, and I don't know that anybody knew what to do with him and how he played, including himself. I think he often played like he wasn't quite sure what his role was. And so I think if you gave him that year to settle down and then come back as a sophomore and play much smarter and know how they call things, I think it would have been a different story. So I would love my pal 3J to be Mm -hmm. on this team. Um, The other person I wanted on there, which then sent me down a spiral of personal favorite Michigan State basketball players, which nobody wants to hear about, nobody has time for. um, But Zach Randolph, I thought would be interesting on this squad which also i was looking at the roster of the 2000 2001 team and does anyone remember marcus taylor talk about a guy that could have benefited from the you can test the nba but come back Mm -hmm. my poor my poor boy he went too early and i don't know where he is now but that was that was a blast blast from the past but anyway zach randolph was my other choice um so i'll bring it back to that i do love zebo i mean you only get his two college years but i think he was good in his he was two, good two co- did he play two years or one year one year right one year mm-hmm. so you only get freshman zebo but we we're only we're talking about freshman 3j and he was great i have a selection uh, which is a problematic fave travis walton mm-hmm. now my reason for this is travis walton was a three-time all big 10 defensive uh, all big 10 defensive player uh, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and I really think that this team would benefit some for from some perimeter defense, right? Absolutely. Uh, I don't. I don't think you can ever discount. He is a defense. problem. Yeah. But he was a great defensive player. I mean, somebody else who was quite good, and also an All um, Big Ten defender is Gary Harris. Miss you. Love you. I do miss you. He was in Portland recently. He played really well against the Trailblazers. So good for you, Gary. I'm proud of you. I also want to add to the team, um, maybe Charlie Bell or Chris Hill. I'm not going to give you any other reason other than I would like them on the team again. So that's where we're Another one which ticks ticks a lot of boxes, including (laughs) being one of Sarah's personal faves, is Alan Anderson. Oh, my God, Alan Anderson. It was a great six man, a great off the bench guy. He was. You know, a stat sheet stuffer, glue guy had a great NBA career. Shout and out to if you took a group picture with him, he extended his very long arms to get everybody in one hug. And that's nice. And Fun I think that, would bring, a- <laughs> that would bring a lot to any basketball team. And, and we'd be quite lucky to have him back. So, yes. so I, think I, think- we, I think we covered that one. I'm sorry, guys. I we just could get talk out of about hand. old Michigan State players, and and I will just let everyone know. Sarah and I discussed this question at length, so you have been spared discussions of Paul Davis, of Turnamic, <laughs> of Goran Sutan, <laughs> of many other faves from yeah. years past. So, um, so now, you know, sorry, this is a really depressing time in the in the cast because we're going to start really? talking about football. Depressing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about. We do play the football sport at, at MSU. And so um, some things have happened and we got they selected. We, we got our bowl selection and we are going to be playing Oregon in the red box bowl. So this is great for Sarah because she actually knows things about Oregon. So what's the, what's, what's the, the deal? What is the T? What is the T? The girls are fighting. Sorry, what guys. For our, our pop culture reference there. Guys, Oregon. I do live in the great state of Oregon. And so you are quite familiar with the Ducks. Um, many would liken them to a Michigan type team. 
um, and maybe a Michigan Tech fan base where they've appeared out of nowhere and they are everywhere. And you don't know what association they have with the school, but here they are and they are going to tell you about it. And so <laughs> they always seem to be on my TV here. And so I, I watched a bit of it. Obviously, their quarterback, Justin Herbert, is real good. Um, but the nice thing for us is so is our defense. And so I think it's one of those matchups where, like most of our games this year, we're going to need the defense to bring every ounce of heat that they've got against Herbert. And, you know, they're saying if he comes out, he's going to be a top draft pick and all of those things. Um, but it's going to come down to our defense, like always. Oregon at the end of the year was not spectacular. They lost. Um, let's see. I have stats here. They were very inconsistent at the end of the year. They lost at Washington State. They lost at Arizona. They beat uh, UCLA, lost to Utah. The one opponent we do have in common, of course, is Arizona State, and they won 31-29 uh, to 29 there. So, And let's be honest, we should have beaten Arizona State. Absolutely moving should've. on. Guys, we're <laughs> fine. We are definitely <laughs> moving forward. I cannot. So, I mean, I think it – our defense will always put us in a position to win. I think we have the same questions for Michigan State that we had the last few weeks. Who's going to play a quarterback and how are we going to score a touchdown? Mm -hmm. Because I love Matt Coughlin, but we cannot leave it up to him to score every point that we have. And we should not have an all field goal game as much as I love you the never know. Nebraska contest. But I, I think that they'll play Lewerke. I think they're going to give him his shot. He's going to have a couple of weeks to get healthy again. It'll be interesting to see what of our guys don't play, though. I mean, I've heard yeah. Justin Lane recently, um, which who would blame him if he wants to go to the draft? The Red Box Bowl, while it is storied, and I think a lot of people are excited about going there, it's not worth ending your, your potential yeah. NFL career over if he chooses to explore the draft. And another thing is uh, Josiah Scott. If he plays in the bowl game, he will burn the potential red shirt he may have had this year, the injury red shirt. Um, I think that's probably going to happen because I don't think that he's planning on using all of his eligibility anyway, as I think was covered last and week obviously, on this here pod. But yes. it uh, changes you know, the game if he plays. Yeah. Yeah. So I, hope I will he does. say about Lewerke that if he does play, I hope that he is. 100% or at least 90 plus percent, you know, good to go. I don't want them putting a, you know, 60% Brian Lewerke out there in the storied historical red box bowl. And honestly, just, it's not, it's just it's not, not worth, worth it. it. Like it's not clearly the it. kid has taken a beating, not just physically, but mentally, mentally as well this year, you know, yeah. it killed him to not be able to give his all and then see the team struggle like it has. Mm. And I just, I mean, I'm with you. If he's not healthy, then play Rocky again and, and hope for the best. But I, I really hope we do get to see him out there and I hope he has a spectacular game. And so we can not have any sort of controversy going into next yeah. year. I don't think we actually do. I think we all know now that Rocky's mm. just not quite good enough yet. And mm -hmm. Bryant should be our starting quarterback next year. Um, but I, I just hope he comes back healthy and that, that we're able to, to showcase why we loved White Lightning so much. And I do think Cody White, I, I don't recall this from Rutger because that game was so awful. But he still got a little like a 
splint or something on the hand, right? Did yeah. he have it on? So maybe by then he will no longer have that, which I don't care what you say that he's a receiver. He needs hands to catch the ball. So that's <laughs> another person that I would like to see. The takes. You know, the fire <laughs> sort of back to back to full strength Jalen Naylor is another person that yep. you know definitely had a lot of injuries this year would love to see some more out of him so I mean I think as to the question of who will score the points right we do have a couple of tools in the in the arsenal that that may be uh better than they were at the end of the year um I do think the offensive scheme is just you know, uh, I hope I hope there's some sitting down uh, with the offensive coordinator, and yeah. I like how I'm calling him the offensive coordinator. <laughs> like, like I'm, uh, you know, I don't know him. Um, there is, I hope there is a sit down with the offensive coordinator, and Mark is like, look, dude, you've got to like get it together because I, I think, think that the the there were a lot of problems playing guys who weren't ready in positions that they had no business being in very boring predictable uncreative offenses and for the love of god ban the jet sweep like mm-hmm. unless Jalen Naylor is there to run it and he can run it full speed in which case jet sweep it all you want but I think the bowl will determine how this offense looks going into next year mm-hmm. I just think that they're obviously coach is very loyal to his guys but at some point you got to decide where you're going and I don't think any of us want to mo- continue to move backwards and we mm-hmm. definitely saw it this year I mean injuries and quarterback issues and and all of those things the pieces are there there is no reason why we should be losing games that we only gave up nine and there were several games nebraska is one honestly ohio state is another one where a semi-competent offense would have Mm -hmm. produced a win i mean even uh, michigan uh, even even michigan Michigan, if we even michigan a competent offense. I'm not even we're saying not, a yeah, we're not one. saying no. like don't be the Los Angeles Rams. Like you don't gotta light it up, but like no. scoring touchdowns. What is a touchdown? Like yes. <laughs> exactly. And I think I mean a lot of people have said it, but this year this year kind of sounds like the 2012 team um, where we kind of took a bowl win against TCU and launched ourselves into a successful 2013. So. I would take that. I'm disappointed mm-hmm. in this year, of course, as we mm-hmm. all are. But I'm hopeful that with these couple weeks off, we're able to get some guys back. We score some touchdowns and we go into next year feeling a little bit better about where we are. I think one last thought. I'm going to miss Felton Davis. I'm really oh sad that we don't get to. Fan. I'm sad that we don't get to see him play anymore. I'm sad at the way his season ended. He will not be back. I, I don't think it makes any sense for him to try and get another year. Uh, you know, so bless you, Felton I, Davis. I will of miss course. you. I mean, that injury to me was the most devastating part Ugh, of this season. Awful. And there were a lot of moments to choose from in the devastation pile. But losing him and losing him the way that you did and seeing what he's done since then, you know, he's done the voiceover for the hype videos. If you haven't seen his what playing at Michigan State senior video yet, do yourself a favor and watch it. And I think you can watch somebody like that and you can see that's why we like somebody like Mark D'Antonio. He's bringing Mm -hmm. in these guys who love Michigan State. They Mm -hmm. love playing in East Lansing. They love putting that green and white on every week. And I think it's just so devastating to know mm-hmm. that he didn't get his due. Mm-hmm. And, and we won't get the same play in, play in the bowl. You know, it's, it's just yep. it's sad. It's tough, <sighs> it's tough all around. Miss you. Um, <laughs> miss you forever, Felton. Um, elsewhere in the bowls, um, we can talk about the, the playoff briefly. I think mm. 
listen, I'm not entirely pumped up about Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, but I think it's who had to be there. Um, I think that, you know, I've been listening to more and more about the expansion to eight teams. And I think that makes sense because you have a team like UCF who has been undefeated and I watched them play this last weekend and they're fun to watch. And like, listen, you're never going to stop them from calling themselves the national champions. Why don't I think you give that's fair. Chance? I just <laughs> like, why don't you give them a chance to play, you know? Yeah. And so I think eventually you, it'll go to eight because think of the money you can make. Think about hosting games on campus. There's a lot of potential for the playoff. And I think eventually people are going to be tired of the same four teams playing every year. So um, I'm all right with who they picked. I don't know if I feel that excited about it, but yeah. I'm I have, head. I have some takes on this. Yes. So I think that I, I know why Notre Dame is in. I get it. They make the most money. They're the most nationally appealing, blah, 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 whatever. I get it. However, I just don't think you can look at the resume of some of the other teams like uh, Georgia or uh, even an Ohio State and, and say that, you know, yes, Ohio State got blown out by Purdue, but, you know, half of Notre Dame's schedule is beating army and wake forest you know it, it's i just with such disdain i love it <laughs> just don't i just don't think that we should continue to reward notre dame and and i think that this gets into the other thing about the 18 playoff like mm-hmm. it's about the money question right which i know you can make a lot you make a lot of money from notre dame being in like they would have made a lot of money with michigan being in if michigan had managed to do what they were supposed to but you know the 18 playoff those kids still got to go to school. You know what I mean? Like they're still. Wait a minute. Part of the reason, part of the reason we have this break is so they can finish the school year and like arguably take their finals and stuff. So it's like, you know, and, and also we talked, Sarah and I talked about this, you know, offline, but, uh, I can't deal with foot, college football on January 10th or 9th or, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm so done with it by then. After New Year's Day. Yeah, the, the championship is uh, the 7th of January. Yes. Well, yeah. I think last year it was the 10th. So yeah. we were watching the Georgia-Alabama game uh, this past weekend. And, and I legitimately was like, oh, yeah, Georgia and Oklahoma played for the national championship last year. And it was a great game. And it went to, like, a bunch of overtimes. No, that was just the play-in game. Because I yeah. completely, like, jettisoned the national championship game because it's too late. And I don't care. So yeah. these are my takes. The tips. nice, the nice thing me. for Michigan State is, actually, I think they're the warm-up act for the national championship game. Because the national championship yeah, yeah, yeah. is also at Levi's yes, Stadium. that is correct. So, That's really... Correct. Just come for the game on the 31st and don't bother coming back on the 7th. You'll get all the football you need in the Red Box Bowl. One quick disrespect take. I am still mad that we had to play on December 27th last year. I'm glad that we have a much more respectable New Year's Eve Bowl this year. Yeah, exactly. One bowl that I just want to call out. And am I a hater? Always. But who... Wants to see U of M versus Florida. Who among us? I mean, look at all the teams. Pick somebody else. And I I think that what they did kind of is for Michigan and for Georgia, they sort of were like, here's your consolation prize. You get to whoop up on somebody that, you you know, because I think Georgia's playing Texas. I'm like, Georgia's going to pile drive Texas and and Michigan is going to crush Florida. And so it's like, you didn't make the playoff, but here's a winnable bowl game, which just, 
I don't care. Michigan, Georgia would have been much more interesting. Michigan and Florida have played like 11 million times. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm over it. Your revenge tour, tour is canceled. Canceled. Thank you for listening. An team Petty for thing, life. <laughs> team Petty forever. An exciting thing about bowls is there are some yeah. really spectacular names out there. And we did a little exercise to, to take in some of our favorites. And actually, I'm going to throw a wild card in here real quick, Sarah, um, because I left it out in our discussion. But I got to give a shout out to the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. <laughs> um, it is played in Montgomery, Alabama. And my friends, Georgia Southern will be taking on the mighty Eagles of Eastern Michigan. Oh, yes, I Eastern. Have, <laughs> I have Shout some out. family ties. My dad went there. My older brother went there. And also, I don't know if you guys saw it, but they produced a video lip singing to uh, Destiny's Child, Say My Name, to get selected for a bowl. And so they should have been in the national championship on that alone. Um, so that was my wild card choice. Um, but go Eagles. Yes. Yes. And so while we're talking about bowls with local tie-ins, this was my yes. selection for favorite ridiculous bowl. And that is the famous Idaho potato bowl. Now the number one reason I picked this bowl is it sounds like something that you would order at KFC. Like, yep. yes, I'll have a famous Idaho potato bowl, please. Which is amazing to me. Um, it is apparently the longest running cold weather bowl. It's played at the Boise State Stadium. So mm -hmm. Idaho in late December on that blue turf, what could go wrong? Um, nothing. nothing, really. <laughs> it has, I'm not going to go into the history of the naming of the bowl, but it has a really crazy sponsorship history. In the dot-com days, it was sponsored by a software company, and then it was sponsored by a truck stop, and then the potato people decided to pick it up. So yep. Just as you would expect for an Idaho Bowl. Uh, but this year, in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, the uh, Western... What are they? The Mustangs? Oh my god, I'm showing my... I'm not Mustangs. from Michigan. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Broncos. Yeah. Broncos. Broncos. Oh, oh god. Fail. Okay, so the Western <laughs> Michigan Broncos will... Mustangs? Sarah. Oh, I grew up taking so on. A I know you. I at least have an excuse. <laughs> um, the Western Michigan Broncos will be taking on the fighting BYU Mormons. Um, so that is the matchup this year. Last year, Central Fire Up Chips lost to the Wyoming Cowboys in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So hopefully, Western can go out there and get some Michigan I mean, revenge honestly, on the. You just throw events. the records out. Throw the records out and let the I boys mean, play. isn't everyone yeah. on the Mormons team like 35 because they had to go on a mission? So, <laughs> I think so. I mean. Those are the freshmen. The freshmen are 35. <laughs> How hard could it be? Some other faves for me, and it was really hard to choose, so I didn't. I just picked a bunch of them. That's what I do. First up, we've got the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl, which is December 20th. We've got Marshall versus South Florida. And I just... The Bad Boy Mowers is really invested. They are in out here in these in these tournaments. They sponsor the Battle for Atlantis. I don't even know what they do. I don't either. Is it I a lawn service? Is it equipment? Who can say? Maybe we should have done more research on that. But I don't. Uh, want they're to. lawn mowers, so they're oh, trying great. to trying to break yeah, into that John no, Deere market. No. Apparently, they're not just mowers. They're bad boy mowers. Bad boy mowers, right. Um, my other favorite bowl is the Jared Birmingham Bowl. And, Which? like, I need more details on Jared. Is this Jared the Galleria of Jewelry? Is it Jared, my best friend growing up? Did he 
get some money and sponsor a bowl. I don't know, but it's You're Memphis. Subway versus- from prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Memphis versus Wake Forest, and it's Saturday, December 22nd. So when you're at home trying to avoid your family, might I suggest t- turning in and, and seeing what Jared has to offer you? I like what to could go Wake home? Forest after I just read them to filth earlier. Sorry, Wake Forest. <laughs> and then my final favorite bowl is the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl. And really, what are the walk-ons. Is it a band of walk-ons that got together to sponsor a bowl? Is Kendrick sure. Goins playing? No, he is not. He will be resting. Um, but <laughs> this, bowl, <laughs> this bowl features Temple versus Duke, which I think feels real nice for the walk-ons bowl. Um, that one is played in Shreveport, Louisiana, and that's also Thursday, December 27th. So a prime selection of bowls here yes. for you guys check out as you're avoiding family obligations so uh, our, our final bowl uh topic i think is uh we're gonna we're gonna do a little pick for the storied historical red box bowl yep. so h- how do we think this thing is gonna shake out uh i am i'm gonna go with msu over oregon a nice solid 13 to 10 only one touchdown required <laughs> performance. Uh, this is based on absolutely nothing except I want us to win. And I think that if we could keep it low scoring, it, we've got a good shot. I agree with you. And what I'm going to do here is flash it back to my favorite Michigan State game. And I'm going to say, we're going to bring the field goal heat. And they're <laughs> not going to know what to do with it. And the mighty Spartans are going to defeat those Ducks 9 six that's right my friends we are getting revenge on nebraska by beating oregon i stand by it i think it's a good call thank you there you have it take it to the bank (laughs) yes absolutely you should definitely bet on take it to vegas yes do not do these things thank you (laughs) um while while we're on football maybe we want to just take a quick look around um the big 10 and maybe see what it looks like for next year there was some big news today although in my opinion, it was not unexpected. Um, Urban Meyer has decided to step down, retire um, from Ohio State, and they will um, promote Ryan Day as um, their head coach. He coached uh, during Urban suspension earlier this year. I don't think anybody is surprised if you watched Urban coach um, over the last few weeks. He was not well or whatever, and so they were ready to move on, I guess. So I have a question about the promotion of Ryan Day. I read an article yeah. today and it didn't seem clear to me. He's mm-hmm. going to be the head. They're not going to like open up a coaching search. He's no. the guy. He's it. Yep. He's this is not a Luke Fickell situation. Nope. No. Okay. He's right. it. He, he is their dude. Um, he will be their head coach uh, next year. It seems like Urban will coach the bowl game, but that yes. uh, day is going to do all of the recruiting from here on out. It'll be interesting to see how things kind of mm. shake out for Ohio State and the recruits that they have. Um, I don't really know. I do know that Mr. Mark D'Antonio remains the only Big Ten coach to beat Urban twice. They were beautiful games. If you want some football joy in your life, I suggest you revisit them. Um, and Ohio State only had nine losses under Urban Meyer. So I guess you can't discount the things that he did. Um I think and, he changed the Big Ten in a way. Um, so there's that. But okay, bye. I, I think, yeah, I mean, Urban Meyer's kind of a 
terrible trash person, so that's fine. But I think it's really interesting that he's choosing to announce that he's retired now, especially because everybody kind of said that Michigan game was sort of like his Sistine Chapel. I mean, the the, the discussion of his coaching after the Ohio State drubbing of Michigan was, you know, positively glowing. So I guess if you're herbs, like, yeah, coach the Rose Bowl and retire and then go coach a new team in three years, which, yep. you know, it, it, I don't think you can ever trust him anymore if he says he's going to retire at this point. Yep. You know, yep. like, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him back with another team in five years. Yep. Um, yeah, so. it sounds like he's probably going to be retained as some sort of consultant um, for Ohio State. And I think they not going back to broadcasting not that i've seen um but i think they do that maybe just to keep those recruits that they had and just be like Mm -hmm. look he's still here he just won't be coaching so there's that the other thing that i fully think should be explored is a little rumor about our pal harbaugh going to the packers i think it's best you might as well just go see what's out there you know i mean ann arbor sure it's fine but have you been to green bay in december it's great. I have not, but I live in Minneapolis, and I can say <laughs> not great. Um, I, yeah, I think that one of somebody, a Packers reporter, said on Dan Patrick that they're interested, and I think that do I think he's going to go? Probably not. But I think no, I, I think the reason this bears mentioning is because if you're a Michigan fan, you are 155 percent in on Jim Harbaugh. Like yep. they can't fire him. He's never going to get no. fired because no. he's the you know, uh, he, he's it for them. But I, I, what I do think is you do kind of have to be worried about this kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know that he would leave for another college job, but I, I do think he coached what three seasons, four seasons in the NFL. He made it to a Super Bowl and an NFC, you know, championship game. You got to think he feels a little, uh, you know, unfulfilled there, especially because he is, you know, he, he has a huge ego. And I think that, so, you know, if you're a Michigan fan, you know, probably a little uneasy time of the year for you uh, when coaches are getting fired and coaching jobs are getting filled because, you know, when they talk about Mark going places, I'm usually like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm never really that worried about it. I, I just don't think he would. I mean, no. what are you, where are you going to go? What's going to happen? What's, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you, like, what what are you gonna talking do? about going to Texas? <laughs> yeah, like Mark's going to go to Texas. Yeah. How's Mark going to recruit in Texas? No. He's not. Let's be honest. The only, the only other thing I think as we look at the coaching carousel is our our friend. He's not our friend. I just pay attention <laughs> the to The offensive coordinator? Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, oh, no. unfortunately, will not be coming to East Lansing. It appears he is on his way to USC, which... It's disappointing for many of us. Um, so I guess we're going to have to stay tuned and, and see how that offense <laughs> looks. <laughs> yeah. And I think the whole cliff to MSU, uh, you know, we love. Listen, was it about his coaching? Maybe not. No. But we had to put the feeler out there, right? Had to. And I think that, um, you know, whatever happens with the offensive coordinator is, um, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. Uh, maybe he'll find a nice job somewhere that's not Michigan State and we'll just be forced to replace him. Um, maybe Mark thinks that we can give the offense tune-up. Uh, I hope not, but, you know, we'll see what happens as the coaching carousel turns. That's uh, true. Well, guys, um, I must say this was a real exciting time for Sarah and I. We have been training our entire friendship 
for this. Uh, we used to have sports talks that lasted far too long in the middle of our, our living room on 208 Kedzie Street in East Lansing. And so it was really cool to get this opportunity. And hopefully we didn't do too poorly. Um, I had a nice glass of rosé. I think that helped me in the long run. Um, and it was really great to do this. And we appreciate all of you asking for it, kind of. And um, yeah. <laughs> hopefully yeah. we'll be able to to see you, see you, speak to you again here. <laughs> so that's it for us. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at sgender at Sarah Norris. Don't forget to follow at the only colors and uh, we return to your regularly scheduled programming next week or whenever Austin and John decide to record again. <laughs> Bye everybody. Right. Bye, and everyone. Go green. Go white. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.